hello and welcome to the Maximising Property Values podcast, new to property series. These are episodes featuring someone who has been making money from property for less than two years or has no more than two properties that they make money from or are still aspiring to make money from property. I believe that everyone has a valuable voice and that is why I'm going out of the norms in our industry to talk to people who readily identify as not being experts. If you like this episode, please rate and review it on any of the major podcast platforms. Thank you. I'm Patricia Ogden-Faber, a non-practicing solicitor who first became a landlord in 1986 and has been making money from property since then. I also now help other people create generational wealth and financial freedom by helping them maximise property values. Enough about me, because today I am talking to Omar Sharif Giazi. Please show him some love and tap on his face to follow him if you aren't already doing so. Again, thank you. So a bit about Omar. He is London-based and he left his job to fully commit to his property business. After a decade of working for the largest international humanitarian network in the world, Omar decided to make this change mainly because he wanted to be closer to his family and also to prioritise his health, including, and most importantly, his mental health. He is passionate about diversity and inclusion. His, his most previous role was a D&I manager covering Asia, Europe and the Americas for the organisation that he worked for. He loves being active and is an avid hiker. He loves travelling and his most important value is being kind. Oh, Omar, I'm so glad that you could, you know, come on this show. One of his proudest moments in his professional life was to be part of the team who raised awareness of the missing people in the autonomous region of Bougainville in Papua New Guinea. So there you are. That is who Omar is. But before we speak to you, Omar, before we start listening to you, people listening to this, you can reach out and contact Omar via his um, email address, which is Omar, O-M-A-R, at propertyilive.com. So that is Omar at propertyilive.com. So I live is I-L-I-V-E. Right. And you can also find him on Instagram under the handle Property I Live. So there we are. Omar, welcome so much to this show. Do you know, it's been a while since I've done a guest series. <laughs> I'm stumbling over my words, but you are so welcome. And you are my very, very first guest as part of this new to property series. So do you know what? Let's just have fun. Um, and see how it goes. So, Omar, you've you identify yourself as being you know new to property as I've defined it. Either you've got less, no more than two properties. You've been in this business for less than two years, or you're aspiring to get into it. Which of those kind of like tenets actually fits your situation best? Hi, good afternoon, everybody. I hope you can hear me well. Um... Thank you very much, Patricia, for, for that amazing introduction. 
so yeah, I was going to say actually, when you mentioned um, when you were explaining who this podcast is for and who takes part, um, I'm not yet making money from the property, just to be uh, transparent. But I am into the business of property now for about seven months. Um, I'm still looking for that first deal. I got very close, um, but yeah, so that that's where I am right now. Um, um, I don't know whether that answers the question, Patricia, but yeah, I, I came across um, to some of the properties that I really liked. The numbers made sense, as they say. I made offers, they got accepted, but uh, some inquiries that I raised um, were not to my satisfaction. So I kind of pulled out of the deal. So yes, I'm still looking for that first deal. Oh, great stuff. No, you definitely do fit within the criteria because the third one was if people are still aspiring to make money from property. So and you're definitely doing everything that you need to be doing. You know, you're going out there, you're looking for it, you're crunching your numbers, you're making offers. And I think you actually have a head start on most people who are aspiring to make money from property because you know when to actually walk away. You know, lots of people who are maybe just coming into the business think, you know, speed is of the essence and, you know, being able to brag that they've got, you know, property number one or two or three or, you know, whatever the number is more important than making sure that the numbers actually work for them. So I'm just going to say well done to you. Um, okay, great stuff. So that is who you are. But, you know, although you haven't started making money from property, you do have some experience of doing things in property, don't you? Do you, do you, do you want to tell us about that? Yes, sure. So we purchased our first, uh, well, our residential home back in 2021. Um, and we bought the, uh, it's, a, it's a three bedroom house um, in a small village called Harefield, um, not far from Uxbridge. Um, and we bought the house knowing that the house needed uh, uh, some work. I mean, it was still in a livable, livable condition, but we wanted to make it our own. Um, so we actually did a, uh, a side return extension. We did back to bricks, uh, mostly everything um, downstairs. Actually, we did some work upstairs as well. So it was a major project. It took, well, for, for us, it was a major project. It took about six months. Um, yeah, if anybody was interested to see uh, some photos, uh, it's in my Instagram. Um, and that kind of confirmed to me um, that I really wanted to be in, in, in the property business. Um, so yes, that's, that's the experience in terms of um, sort of de facto project managing. Um, um, so it was, a, it was an interesting experience because, you know, we, we had to deal with a, a planning application because we're in the conservation area. Um, and obviously I hired the, the building control. Um, and then, yeah, all the sides of it, to be honest, it was quite, Obviously, it was quite uh, stressful as well because we actually lived in the house while the work was being carried out. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's 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 the kind of first-hand experience I got to have in in the property. And you know what? That kind of experience is going to stand you in very good stead, very very good stead indeed, because it will now allow you to go look at properties and say, oh, okay, it needs this, this, and that done. You know. Our own cost us, you know, however much. This one is likely to cost me, you know, so much. Then you go speak to some other people. You can nail down that figure, maybe, you know, to 
maybe a £10,000, you know, difference. And it just helps you plan your stuff that much better. So again, all I can say is well done. Um, you really do have a head start on most people who are yet to make money from property. But again, do you know what? You've actually created value in your own home. So although you've not made money from it yet because you've not sold the home, you've moved into it, um, you've created some value there. And that, you know, you will be, you should be able to use going, you know, going into the future. It may be that you'll decide to sell it, move into a bigger home or, you know, remortgage it, get some money out and use it in your business. Um, and I completely, and you know, I love people who, like you, are just very honest. So although, you know, chances are from what you've said, you've actually increased the value of your home. The first thing you said was, I haven't made any money from property because you haven't realised that value in pounds and pennies. You know, being honest, I think, you know, gets us so far in life with like minded people. So, you know, I really hope that, you know, they're the kind of people that you meet, you know, along your journey because it just makes life so much easier. Straightforward, you know, speaking people. I love them to bits. Um, because you're not having to second guess what they really mean. You just, you know, you are who you are and they are who they are. You get to the know so much quicker. You can move on or say, do you know what, let's let's try and find a way around this. So, yeah, well done. Um, so what, you know, the whole idea of this particular series is for you to actually be able to vent. Because, you know, for most, for, for, for a lot of people, it will be, or would have been, you know, quite a number of years, you know, from when they were where you are now. And, you know, sometimes people actually forget what that journey really is like. So if you're able to, I'd love for you to tell us the things that, you know, so far that you've seen, you, you know, with the, the, your own home and, you know, managing that project and dealing with the builders and all the different trades, what you love about this industry so it's the property industry where we try and make money from property what you love about it and what you absolutely despise about it and you know things that if you had a magic wand you would change so that's three things all in one but i want you to just kind of like you know dip in and out of any of them and just express how you feel the way you feel it in the way that makes you most comfortable so that's why i've thrown all three of them there so it's the things that you love the things that you hate and the things that you'd like to change and if so how so over to you thank you patricia yeah and, and just to, just to say very quickly about the, the the residential home that we bought um yes as soon as i said i haven't made any money in the property actually that did come to my mind um especially because when we bought the place uh it was at the peak of pandemic and when the, you know the uh so what i did was i wrote to the vendor uh and said look we we are still keen to uh proceed with a purchase uh but because we were sort of eating into our savings at the time um we can only proceed with this much so i sort of asked if we can reduce the price uh i i also backed it up by some analysis at the time when we, when there was a prediction that the property prices will go down and actually what we managed to do was to get twenty thousand pounds off the purchase price as well and then yeah so when we did the work uh, we did evaluation and i think we have actually added about one hundred and twenty thousand um 
uh, increase in the value of the property. So yeah, I mean it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to do. And like you said, when when it comes down to the time when we want to move on, um, it's 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 very nice and it's, it's reassuring to know that we can actually sell um, with that profit and and move move to somewhere else. Uh, so in terms of what you ask about uh, what I love, I think one of the main reasons I left my job was as as much as I loved my job. Um, I was traveling quite a lot internationally, uh, working and living in different cultures around the world. You know, you mentioned Papua New Guinea. I've lived in Egypt, Bangladesh, um, Afghanistan, where I'm originally from, by the way. Uh, I think what was, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what I love about the property is that you're not stuck in an office. You can actually go out, you meet people. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite dynamic. You know, you can, uh, whatever strategy you have in, in property, it, you know you can you can go out and and you can make new contacts you can make new friends um i think this is something that i really enjoy um i really love meeting people um and then learning from them and learning from each other i think what's frustrating i don't know if i would say what i hate is what i what i find frustrating is the way property transactions work in the uk whereby any site can actually pull out of a deal um until the exchange i mean some people might say that that's a good thing to have because minds change you know you something come up but back uh, um, back in 2018 initially when we started this initially started looking to purchase our home we actually found something that we really loved and we were like weeks away from exchanging uh, and then the seller just decided to pull out um, yeah so yeah that was that's what something I find quite frustrating I think I understand that in some other countries it's not the same um, when you make an offer, if it if it's accepted, I think you kind of proceed. Um, yeah, I think I would just say that. Uh, what I would like to change, uh, I'm not sure actually, Patricia, on that one. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll let you know if something comes up. <laughs> Great stuff. So um, I was chuckling away when you were talking about the things that you find frustrating about you know, the, the place that you found in 2018 and the seller pulled out. Because I was thinking to myself, if we had like a binding contract situation, I'm not sure that you'd have been able to negotiate a £20,000 drop in what you what you eventually bought. <laughs> okay, so, you know, swings and roundabouts. And I think in Scotland, they do have a sort of like binding contract situation. I think, I don't quite know how it works, but I think if you make an offer and it's accepted around about that, you are kind of like bound, you know, subject to maybe one or two very exceptional uh, situations. I know it's exactly the same in America, because when we bought in America, it was, you know, I, did, I don't think they call it accepting the offer. And this was ages ago when we did this. I think it was in 1997, roundabouts then, because that's when I had my second son and he was a baby in arms when we first went out there. That was another place that I bought unseen, um, just through pictures, sorted out the monies, bought it. And then we saw it the first time when we actually went when we went on holiday um but yeah i think they also have that system um in america um so you're absolutely right but you know i guess because i'm used to the uk to the system in england um i actually quite like it because it just gives you that yeah, a little bit more time to you know do your due diligence and to make sure that you're absolutely happy with what you're doing 
And what I've done where I'm selling and I want to tie someone in and make sure that they don't go away, especially if it's, you know, a good price or, you know, something, there's something special about, you know, what we've agreed is I will use a lockout agreement. So if they then pull out, whatever they pay, you know, by way of this, lock, you know, as part of this lockout agreement thing, they're not going to get back. Um, and, and I explain that to people as well. So, you know, if I'm selling and, you know, somebody wants to make me, you know, a particularly competitive offer and they're saying, you know, we're cash and we'll complete within four weeks, I'll say, yeah, not a problem. But we'll enter into a lockout agreement and you'll pay £10,000 on the lockout agreement. And the only reason why you'll get, you know, get that back will be if the legals don't pan out, um, you're paying cash anyway. So, you know, there's nothing, you know, that, that, a survey can reveal because you know you've already done your you know your due diligence there you can't say that you can't get a mortgage because this is the basis on which you're offering and in the main people they they don't they they don't go forward with it and and the thing and and the reason why I love these lockout agreements is it help it would it's it they actually just save time so the people who don't actually go ahead with it, they're the people who would have pulled out anyway. So, um, yeah, it swings and roundabouts, I guess. Um, but I, yeah, I do love the English system. <laughs> but I completely, again, you know, agree with what you're saying and, and you know, how you see it. Um, so now, you know, this being um, new, a new to property series, um, as you know, we're kind of like booked in for 30 minutes because I didn't want to kind of like, you know, get you so bogged down that, you know, people would be sweating about coming onto the show. It's meant to be a really light and, you know, quick show. But more importantly, I would like you to use this show, this opportunity to give a shout out to people that you might want to connect with or if there's anything that you think you can offer people in the property industry, you know, tell us about it. Um, you know, if there are certain people that you want to connect with, you know, just say, oh, I'd like, you know, to connect with, you know, maybe, you know, people who do A, B and C. If you're listening to this, you know, please do reach out to me. And again, just repeat your email address and your contact details, which actually I'll do for you now, but you can do as well um, if you don't think, um, I've done it enough. So anyway, so omar at propertyilive.com and Instagram at propertyilive. Um, so, you know, people, if you want to reach out, you know, to Omar, please definitely do so. So Omar, what kind of people or what kind of service do you think you would like to, you know, to have from people who might be listening to, to this show? Uh, thank you, Patricia. Thank you for that um, feedback about the the way the transactions work. Actually, I didn't know that lockdown um, uh, thing that you explained. So that's quite interesting. Uh, I think what, what what I'm specifically doing right now is uh, I'm looking for um, one large uh, sort of large one bedroom flats um, that I can purchase and then add value. Um, specifically, you know, to be able to add a you know, sort of a bedroom um, and then to flip. Uh, I'm looking in and around Watford area. Um, um, so if anybody, so basically, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a cash investor ready to go. You know, I, I, like I said, I, um, I came across some really, really interesting deals. I made offers and some were accepted. 
Um, and I, sometimes I sort of lost uh, some offers to first-time buyers because, as you as you might know, you know we, they 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 always happy to pay the um, asking price. Um, but I'm always obviously doing my numbers, make sure that they make uh, make sense. Um, and then the couple of flats that I was very happy to proceed, uh, I found out that unfortunately you couldn't make changes internally uh, because the lease uh, specifically um, mentioned that that you can't uh, change the walls around. Uh, so, so what I'm looking to do, obviously, I'm always uh, very happy to network. Um, and to find that deal if somebody is interested to do a joint venture um, yeah I, I'm always very happy to speak to as many people in property as possible because obviously you know I'm I'm at the initial stage of my my journey and I, I love to learn from others um, one other area I'm currently looking at is uh, service accommodation um, and yes so that's 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 an area that I might also um, get into um but yeah no otherwise like like i said you know very happy to to connect i'm always on on clubhouse you know i i feel like a lot of people who are in this room i actually know them a lot more than they they know me because i you know i listen to them quite a lot um and i'm part of some whatsapp groups as well um so yeah no it's 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 great thank you great stuff now do you know you just said something now that that made me wonder so when you when you say that the leases said you can't alter the you know the, you know the, the the flat did you actually speak to your solicitor about this and i tell you why i'm asking this question so all leases normally will say you're not allowed to alter without the freeholders consent um and there's usually you know a, a complete like you know no no regarding structural um, alterations but if they're not structural you can usually do them as long as you get the freeholders consent and there is law that then says the freeholder cannot unreasonably withhold their consent so you know in the main if you're not proposing to do a structural alteration you can definitely do it and structural alteration doesn't mean like the moving of walls it means not touching anything that the structure of the building is actually relying on so there are certain walls that aren't structural you know in their nature so those ones you can move you're obviously subject to consent but the ones that are holding up the roof or they're holding up you know a wall or holding up a seat you know those ones you normally cannot you know touch them and 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 in fact you know i'll because different people listen to these podcasts, I will go one step further and say, with the structural alterations, they're so much more difficult to actually even get through now. Because it used to be that, you know, even with a structural thing, you could go to the freeholder and say, I really want to do this, you know, I'll give you, you know, a promise that, you know, A, B and C, and maybe even pay you some money because I'm I'm doing something that the lease doesn't allow me to do. But a few years ago, there was um, a case where the courts actually then held that the freeholder does not have permission to, to, to allow anyone, any of the leaseholders, to make structural alterations where there are other flats, unless every other flat owner 
also gives their consent. So effectively, that means it will never, ever happen. So, you know, if you just bear in mind structural alterations, definite no-no. Anything else, um, you know, you should be able to get through. You know, other things that they worry about is like the stacking order. So, you know, kitchens above kitchens, above kitchens, bathrooms above bathrooms above bathrooms. But if you understand what their concerns might be and you address them in your application to alter, you know, you should be home and dry. So just so I was just wondering if you spoke to your solicitor about, you know, your concerns about the lease not letting you, because most leases would have been OK. That's a great question, Patricia. So let me just, uh, uh, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. So what I did was I I made the offer on the flat, but subject to um, uh, getting the consent from the freeholder. Um, and in the once my offer was accepted, um, I actually reminded the state agents to you know to say that this is I won't be able to proceed unless I actually am able to make these changes in the in the flat because otherwise you know I. I I was not interested in to, um, buying this flat and being a typical buy-to-let um, uh, investor. I wanted to make changes and then to sell it. Um, but then they, they suddenly said, well, yeah, that's the, they spoke with a vendor and apparently there were some complications because, the, because of the uh, freeholder and stuff. And then they, uh, yeah, they, they said, yeah, we won't, we won't proceed. So I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure exactly what happened there, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I understood that maybe then this is not possible uh, to do. Uh, but yeah, we didn't get to the stage where uh, leases were um, obtained and um, the solicitors to, to look at. And uh, and then yeah, just to uh, um, expand on Emmy's question as well in the chat box, Emmy. So what is holding me back right now? I would say is I'm not doing as many viewings as I would like to do. Um, and uh, there was a time where I, I was doing quite a lot of viewings and actually I, I built some report with uh, quite a number of state agents and I'm now receiving calls from them when they have some deals. But um, because now the way um, our life startups, so we've got two kids, um, my wife is working um, because she, when I was working abroad and internationally, you know, she was she was uh, kind enough to sort of follow follow us around with the kids and stuff. And now I wanted to sort of pay back and uh, says, OK, I'll take care of the kids and you work. Uh, so I do this um, while I'm also looking after my kids. Um, yeah. So but I am also taking my kids sometimes to some viewings. Uh, I don't know whether that answers your question to me. But yeah, I think what one one challenge that I have is that I'm not doing uh, as many viewings as I would like to do. Um, yeah, so right now, the, the way I'm trying to find that deal is through the state agents uh, and building that relationship. Yeah, sorry, Patricia, to, to sort of go around a bit, but yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. No, no, no. Thank you for, you know, for, for um, answering Emmy as well, because that is actually really, really useful. And now, if I may, I will just give you a bit of advice. And other people in the room, if you want to write in the room chat to, to, to add what you think as well, that might help Omar. That would be really useful. Um, you see, the way that you've gone about it, it's very unlikely that you'll find someone who will then be able to come back and say, yes, you can go ahead with the alterations, because it's, it's, a, it's a very evolved process. Um, now, I've posted on my um, 
Instagram, which is Property Money Tree, um, just recently about some mentees of mine who've just finished, well, they're literally just about to rent out their flat. It's their first buy to let. And so it's a company that bought the property and it, the company's got two directors uh, in there. So that's why I keep on saying they. Um, and um, so when we made the application to Alter, it took nearly six months before we actually got the approval. And I know that that is irritating, but it's just the way that, you know, things went. And the main delay was because the um, freeholder thought that he was entitled to a lump sum, which he wasn't entitled to. Um, so he wanted £5,000. And I said to the ladies, I said, he's not entitled to it. You know, so you now have a business decision to make. Either you pay him the £5,000 or you stand your ground and let him know that you're not pushovers. I said, if it was my property, I'm not paying, I would not be paying him a penny. Anyway, they decided they weren't paying him any money because he was very, he was very um, high handed about it. He said, well, pay me £5,000 and you can do it. Now, do you know what? This was their first, you know, thing. And, you know, every little helps. Unfortunately, they had like, you know, their mortgage wasn't very much. So, you know, they were happy to literally just, you know, wait, you know, just wait for him to come to his senses. And um, and we threatened tribunal. We did that. And in the end, his, I spoke to, to his solicitor and I think she must have gone back and said, you really don't want to be doing this. And and then I said to the ladies, I said, well, look, you know, so that he doesn't completely lose faith lose face you know let's just offer him a minimal amount a thousand pounds because then he will feel that he's actually succeeded you know at this because by then it was like six months you know from when they'd actually bought and um he accepted the thousand pounds um but you know the, the point being that if you just ask you know either the estate agent or the vendor to confirm that you will be able to do the works they cannot give you that assurance you have to just make the application and know that the law is on your side to do what you want to do as long as you are not making any structural alterations. So just wanted to just say that to you because, you know, you, you, you can find somewhere else and the same thing is likely to happen because you're, you know, the estate agent is not going to be a solicitor or, or legally trained or very unlikely to be. Your vendor, again, in the same boat. So, you know, all they, they might contact the freeholder and say, we want to do this, we want to do that. And most freeholders will just initially say no. You have to put a proper application to them. So, uh, yeah, so that is just what I would, um, um, yeah. Can I ask, Patricia, yeah, yeah. that scenario that you, you, you just explained, how long did that t take you? Um, so the, the freeholder, um i think he delayed things by about six months and then they did or could have been even more because then they did the works and then no yeah so after we got consent we then had to wait for the builder to become available and then once the builder was available then the builder did the works and then then we went into staging and it was actually quite funny because um I said to them, I said, look, once you're ready for staging and everything's on site, you know, just let me know. Because every time they wanted to buy something, they'd send me a link and say, what do you think about this? So there'd be lots of, um, you know, smiley faces, frowny faces, 
um, no nose with exc exclamation marks. <laughs> and um, in the end, they got, you know, most of the stuff. And I said, look, once you've got all your staging stuff on site, let me know and I'll come round and show you how to stage. So they said, yes, 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 we're ready, Patricia, we're ready. Um, so then I go and they weren't ready. But um, I ended up um, uh, putting their uh, bed together for them. <laughs> you know, I enjoy doing these kind of things. So it was it was quite good fun. But everything wasn't there to enable, you know, the thing to be finished. Then I said, OK, you need this, 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 this and that. And they said, OK, don't worry, Patricia, we'll do it. Then um, I said, let me know once you've got them and they're all there. Then we, I can come back and we can just do a blitz and, you know, finish the staging. And then we get the photographer in and then we go to market. Then they said, yes, we're ready, Patricia. So back I go and still we weren't ready. <laughs> so, And I was going abroad the following day and the photographer was meant to be coming in the day that I was traveling out. So I then said to them, I said, look, are you happy to wait, you know, a week? Because I was just going to be away for about a week. And when I come back, we can finish the staging properly and then get the photographer to come in. They said, yes, 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 we'd rather that. So that's what we did. And I, I tell you, I am so proud of them because, you know, I look around that flat and I just absolutely love it. I love it. And, you know, they're, they're charging a lot more than, you know, other flats in the area. It's only been on the market for a couple of days now and they've had so much interest. So, um, yeah, it... it um, and I can't remember what I started talking about when I went into this story. Oh, how long did it take? So that's really how long it's taken. Because I actually did, so my podcast, which I do once a month on the first of the month. So the one that I did for May, so that would have uh, been published yesterday, was that actually about them. And so I went back and I looked up when we signed the agreement. Actually, wouldn't, so we signed the agreement. It took a few months for them to actually find the property. Um, so, but I think the freeholder actually delayed things by about six months, I reckon. Um, yeah, so sometimes it, it can take time. But if your numbers work for you, then they will always work for you. And, you know, it's always best to, you know, key in some numbers of, you know, maybe, you know, dead time of about six months to a year, depending on, you know, the level of refurbishment that you're actually going to do. Um but yeah, but I'm, you know, I guess the point I, I am still trying to make is um, don't let what the agent stroke the vendor, don't let what they say to you about your ability to alter the flat, don't let that determine whether or not you buy or don't buy. Go to a proper solicitor and say, if I want to alter this flat, will I be able to? Now, apart from, you know, the law saying that you can, um, that, you know, like I, you know, it kind of like insinuated earlier, there are certain other reasons why, um, that it, you know, freeholders can say no. But as long as you know what they are, you know, the reasons that the courts will say, yes, they're, they're reasonable in saying no, as long as like you know what those reasons can be, you can actually address those reasons in your application and then you'll be fine. So, you know, things like, um, let me actually, let me see if I can find one I've done um might be able to literally just um so um I will okay I found an application um let's see okay so um other matters that 
you know the freeholder might want to, con to consider i said number one planning permission this is not required by virtue of and i've stated the law number two building control approval this is required and a completion certificate shall be provided on completion three works duration um these will be for a maximum of eight weeks all works will be conducted between 8 a.m and 6 p.m monday to friday 8 a.m to 1 p.m on saturdays and there will be no working at all on sundays or bank holidays the neighboring flats will be informed of the works at start and finish dates um, number four party wall act 1996 no party walls are affected so they can they can they can say no if party walls are going to be affected. But remember, you're not doing any structural work, so that it really shouldn't be affected. And the other thing as well, um, okay, so this particular application didn't involve stacking, because normally I talk about stacking as well. And I say that even though um, the stacking order is going to be disrupted, it won't um, adversely affect anyone else because we're going to be adding um, additional soundproofing um, in the area concerned. So as long as like you address every single reason why they can say no to you, it makes it that much more difficult for them to be able to say no. But also, you, whilst I'm saying this, you also need to make sure that if you can't do the works, that that will still work for you and you're not going to lose money. That is the worst case scenario. But, you know, in 90% of the cases, you should be able to do the works based on, you know, the lease hopefully you will find that place that much sooner because of what I've said. You know, just speak to your solicitor, get Thank a solicitor and, and, and just say to them, you know, this is what I'm looking to do. And I'd be very, very happy if you would be able to, you know, look at, you know, the lease for me before I actually go ahead. That You know, they'll, they'll charge you something, maybe £100 or something, but at least they will be able to say to you, this is where you stand. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Thank you. This is about you and, you know, what you want to get from from this and, you know, what, again, if you think, is, is there anything that you think you can offer people listening to the podcast? Because, again, it's not just a one-way street and you know, just because you haven't been in property for that long doesn't mean that you don't have valuable stuff to share with people who are in property. If you do, fine. If you don't, again, fine. So if you do, just let us know uh, now and... Um... Well, yes, Patricia, I mean, I'm, as you said, I, I'm relatively new, but if anybody is thinking to start or wanted to start uh, uh, sometime soon, or have started and just wanted to, you know, bounce off some ideas, uh, I'm very happy to share, you know, my sort of timeline and, you know, when did I start, how did I start, what did I do? I have had mentorship as well, for example. I'm happy to share experience on that one. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm also looking at um, some other strategies right now, service accommodation. Um, yeah, so happy happy to share my experience that um, that I that I have so far, you know, in terms of viewings, building that relationship with the with estate agents. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm always happy if somebody wants to reach out and um, ask questions. I'm very happy to help. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So in terms of people that you'd like to connect with, people who want to maybe JV, um, people who, again, um, might, you know, be able to kind of like, you know, assist you with what you're doing. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this, reach out to Omar, uh, you know, omar at propertyilive.com. 
his Instagram is property I live. Um, so you can easily, um, you know, make contact with Omar. And also, if you're on Clubhouse right now, you can just tap on Omar's face and send him a message and there you'll be connected. So <laughs> thank you so much. Do you know, Omar, thank you very much for being on this um, on this um, inaugural podcast. Um, so new to property, you are my first guest on this new to property uh, series. And you know, it's all about you. It's about sharing what you want, sharing your experiences so far, because people might listen, to, you know, to this and, and think to themselves, ah, I can help Omar. And I really, really do hope that you get, you know, more help than you actually need, you know, from just doing this. Um, it's a fun journey. Um, you know, I gave up the law in 2015. I'm loving my life right now. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it can be frustrating as well. So I'm not, you know, going to kind of like, you know, just, just um, you know, paint, a, you know, a, a, a glorious picture for people. No, there are ups and downs in property, but in the main, if as long as like you do your due diligence and your figures work out, it should be, you know, more fun than not. So I wish you all the very, very best. Um, I will um, this, um, do, 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 what am I going to do? So I will publish this next week. So that will be on um, the Maximising Property Values um, um, page, wherever, you know, these podcast platforms actually host um, podcasts. And so people, if you want to listen to it, just tap on the um, link above that should take you to the Apple podcasts. And if you don't want to miss any further uh, podcasts, subscribe. And if you listen to a podcast and you like it, please do rate and review it. Even if you don't like it, rate and review it because, you know, the reviews help people actually improve what they're offering. So I, you know, I'd rather that you liked it than not. But if you don't, do let me know as well. You know, I don't mind. Um, anyway, so thank you to everyone who's been in the room and thank you to everyone who might be listening. And most of all, thank you, Omar. Everyone have a great day. And um, yes, so yeah, Omar, final words and then I'll close the room. Thank you very much, Patricia, for having me. Thank you for encouragements, for the guidance and very useful tips. And thanks for those who are listening. Uh, in the room and who will be listening uh, the podcast later on and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks a lot.